Heavenly and merciful Father, we do thank you. We thank you for the joy of serving you. There is such a great joy in being in your presence. There's such a great joy in knowing that you are God. And Lord, you called us. We didn't call you. You called us. You found us when we were really lost. And now that we're found, we're in your heart, your hands. And there's no better place to be than in the Lord's presence. So Lord, as we share this word today, we pray you anoint the speaker. Give me the heart to give the message that you would want me to speak to your people. And give them hearts and ears to receive and hear. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So, I said we're talking about let God shape you. And the key verse today is Proverbs 27, verse 17. Which says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So when iron sharpens iron, sparks fly from the frictions of one edge against another. And God uses life, people, and situations around us to sharpen us. So what do you allow to shape you? Let me ask you this question, church. Do you think you could be better? You're very quiet. Do you think you could be better? Yes. Yes. Okay, let me ask you this second question. Do you want to be better? Yes. That's the right answer, church. Remember, the first question is, you can, you can just think about that one or dream about it, but you don't have to do anything about it. Basically, there's no commitment to it. The second one is different. The second one requires action, motivation, and a goal for yourself to achieve it. Jesus drew and nurtured 12 key disciples to himself within his three-year ministry. So let me explain. What is a disciple? Does anyone know what a disciple is? Good. The disciple is a learner who follows the teacher and his teachings. So these are the 12 disciples. I know many people have said about these guys. But as you can see, Simon Peter's at the top. And most, when you look in the scriptures, mostly his name appears at the top because for some reason Jesus pointed him out to be the leader. And he did become a church leader once Pentecost happened. James and John, the sons of thunder. There's a great story about them too, about wanting to call down God's wrath on a town that didn't want to accept the gospel. Andrew, who is the brother of Simon Peter, Bartholomew, James the Younger, Judas, we know about him, Jude, Matthew, Philip, Simon the Zealot, and Thomas. Now, I haven't got all the time to go into the backgrounds, but they're very different backgrounds that these guys come to us in. They had very different temperaments, character, and faith. But one thing that they did have in common was that they had a heart to follow and obey Jesus. And even from these 12, Jesus chose three, Peter, James, and John, to input and expose them to a more in-depth revelation and teaching than the others. And I think it's because he saw the passion and hearts that they had for God. But even in this inner circle, there were clashes. But through Jesus, they were able to work together for his purposes. They did work together. When he sent them out, two by two, they did do good work. Despite being a tax collector, sorry, a tax collector. Now, even today, they've got a bad reputation. They had a really bad reputation back then. And a zealot, he's fiercely patriotic. Now, they don't like the tax collectors and they don't like the Romans. And Matthew was in that category. So they didn't get on. But God made them get on. 
I believe the disciples did not love Jesus for the works that he did, but they loved him for who he is and loved him even more when they realized what he'd done for them. They truly believed and knew him to be the savior and the hope and peace of this world. God first reveals himself to us, and then once we accept him into our lives, he guides us to our purpose and destiny in him and for him. God has shaped me and others here through life's many trials and challenges by the people God has brought alongside us to help strengthen us during this time. We need to be continually connected to God and be a part of his community, the church, for him to shape us. A quote from A.W. Tozer. No shortcut exists for a deeper spiritual life. The man who would know God must give time to him. So the second point I'm going to look at, how can we work with God to help him shape us? Let's look at scripture. John 15 from verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and been purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. There is no greater love than one who lays down his life for his friends. Before Jesus calls us to be his friends, we are his enemy. But he still went to the cross for us to ensure our salvation. The greatest friend you have to sharpen us is Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Allow both to shape your thoughts, actions, and life now and forevermore. John 16 from verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. God's church helps us know and feel that we belong to him. We are chosen by him to be with him forever. Do you get that, church? Forever. It's not like a political party. You don't join them and then leave when they don't follow your principles. Once you join with Jesus, you're with him forever. He ensures we have a secure, eternal, heavenly home waiting for us. And boy, do we need a heavenly home, because this earthly one ain't that. But even while we're here, we've got a great spiritual family He fully accepts all his children and has no favorites. 
Every heart that earnestly seeks Jesus not only finds him and eternal salvation, but their hearts, minds, attitudes and desires all change as well. No heart focused on Jesus remains the same as it was before you met him. This change can be gradual or fast. So try not to get too frustrated if the changes don't happen when you think they should. That's one of the greatest gifts that God gives us, patience, church. But it's up to you to tap into his patience, because if you don't, you may miss something. 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. Our walk with God is a life of continual learning, growing, forgiving, humbling, and loving him and those around us. Let me say that again. Our walk with God is a life of continual learning, growing, forgiving, humbling, and loving him. And those around us. Let me add that last bit. Remember, it's not only enough to love Jesus. It's easy to love Jesus. I can go up to the side and say, yeah, I love you, Lord. But when it comes to having to come and love you, and you, this takes patience, humility, and a lot of hard work to walk in. It takes complete dependence on God to achieve it. In a church community, despite the diversity of backgrounds, experiences and giftings, God brings unity of purpose and focus and teaches us complete dependence in him and interdependence with one another. We cannot do life with God alone. He always calls others around us to encourage and strengthen us. We start to appreciate the uniqueness of each other and how we can enrich one another's lives. God ensures that together we as a body can help each other grow and mature. That's a hard thing, church, to grow and mature. You think, really, when you're a young child, you're so eager to jump up, especially guys, you know, especially when you're short in school. You want to be that six-foot person, don't you? I'm not six foot. I didn't get there. But I was wishing for it. But you know what? My greatest growth is in maturity, when God builds my character. That's where my growth should be. It's his goal and desire for all of us to mature in him and in the fullness only he can provide. Psalm 119 verse 7. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. I love that. That's honesty. Please don't give up on me. We will make mistakes as we go. We're going to upset people. We're going to let some people down. But God wants you to learn from all your mistakes and show ourselves and others a much better way. He's always gracious to pick us up, brush us off, and encourage us to do better and learn to trust him more. Fellowship and testimony help build lasting ties and relationships within the body. Sharing one another's dreams, successes, trials, and failures, and what we've learned through them, and how God was involved can strengthen ourselves and the body of Christ. Last week we had two testimonies. One I gave, one was given by Bimmy. They encouraged you guys, didn't they? Because they're real life. It's showing how God's taken that person through. 
Psalm 119, verse 71. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. He will ask us to take risks, and there are going to be hard times, but he's more than able to take us through every challenge. The more you walk with Jesus, the more you realize there is no other way. That was one of the key things those 12 disciples did with Jesus. They walked with him, and they knew there was no other way. How many times, I think there was one occasion where the Jesus, I think there was hundreds of people with Jesus, and then they all dispersed, and it was only the 12. And he says, are you going to leave me as well? And I can't remember if it was Peter, says, where would I go, Lord? Where would I go? Once you've seen Jesus, once you walk with Jesus, there's no other way. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. We all have a choice in how we want to see things, don't we? It's not about glasses. I can see you without my glasses. You'll be blurry, but I can still see you. We can see things as the world sees things, or we can choose to let Jesus show us things through his eyes. I will allow God to open your minds to his way and his word. Point three. What is the purpose of allowing God to shape you? I believe to build something new and stronger, a vessel he is pleased to indwell and to use for his purpose and delight. God delights in you, church. That's why you go through this, this chipping away, this being something new, because he delights in you. It's like I had a tiramisu yesterday. I delighted in that. But it's fleeting. It's on my lips, goes into my stomach, it's gone. Jesus isn't. Jesus is always with us. God shapes us so we can be joined to his church. We are living stones built on one another upon the cornerstone of God himself, Jesus. Allowing God to shape you will ensure you are spiritually and physically fruitful and productive for his kingdom and his purposes. Church, I am truly humbled by the servant heart so many of us have in this church to serve God in whatever capacity he calls you to. Through this, God is blessing those around us as I see God working through you. Psalm 51, verses 16 to 17. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. The greatest gift we can give to God and the world is us. Again, the greatest gift we can give to the God and this world is us. Amen. God wants you, not your possessions. He gives you those possessions. There's no point in you giving them back. He's given them to you. But a true heart for him, to love him, to serve and obey him, is what God desires from us. A life poured out for many, just as he did for us at the cross. What I lack, you make up for, and vice versa. Together, we can make a great difference to everyone. For example, I lack the worship skills of Carmelo. You don't want me singing. (laughs) But what I do, I offer my teaching skills. And we bless one another and those around us. The same is true for all of us 
when we work together for his glory. Do not worry about what you don't have. Church, I believe that's what the world keeps pushing in front of us. Keep worrying about, I don't have this, I don't have that. You know what? You have much more than you believe. Be happy and joyful with what God has given you. Allow God to shape you ensures the following. These are the truths of God. He's a God that gives, loves, protects, blesses, and all he wants to do is lift you up. This is what the enemy and the world want to do. All they want to do is take. They want to rob and hate you. They want to curse you, and they definitely want to keep you down. Which would you prefer? Men. You're really quiet on that one. There's one person I heard there. Ask God to make sure your motives and desires are in line with his will. And he will steer your life always to ensure you follow him at all times. Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Stay in community with God and his people provides a covering like no other. The enemy is going to try to isolate you and draw you away from God's community, to, but resist him. There is encouragement, empowerment, and rest within the community of God. Together we can take on bigger tasks we could not do alone, which also brings great joy and rewards. God has blessed us with the Holy Spirit. We're celebrating Pentecost today. It is a blessing to have the Holy Spirit. But he's also left his word and various means of grace and spiritual gifts to experience and express the goodness of God. Not only to this community, but to the world. Worship, prayer, and unity is essential to the community of God. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. God has prepared good works for us to do for him, but he has also prepared people, church, get this, he's prepared people, good and bad, to help us achieve them. I know some of you are sitting there saying, Colin, what are you saying? Yeah, I said good and bad. That's what life is about, church. Good and bad. I can't, if I ask you, anyone here now, say, is it all good in life? Really quiet today. Is it all good in life? No. All right. So why do we expect it all to be good? God knows what he's doing. Leave him to it and watch what he does. Let Jesus be your foundation for everything you do. He's the anchor when the storms of life come. And he's the only one who can do it. How do you feel when someone you love and respect believes in you? How do you feel? Feel good? You feel great? Now, I might apply that by infinity. Infinity. We know what infinity means? Goes on forever? Well, that's how God feels about us. Isn't that mind-blowing? That's how God feels about us. He believes in us so much, he entrusts his works to us and calls us his children despite our failings. He entrusts his works to us. Do you know what that means, church? 
He's making us a part. Making us a part. Now, in the work environment that I work in, there's certain pieces of work that I give to certain people because I know that that person will get the job done. That person won't get the job done. And every of us in the trade know that scenario. Yeah? But God knows, even when I can't do it, he still gives me that work because he's building me towards doing that work. Your life matters to God, so let him guide and shape you. He wants you to be the person he knows you can be for his glory. A better you, transformed and empowered by Jesus, will contribute to making the world a better place. Why would you go to anyone else to guide what you want to do with your life? Who you share time with will shape you. Yeah? Anyone been to school? You ain't got a lot of hands up, my church. Anyway. Anyone been to school? Right. So didn't you attach yourself to someone at school? Be a group of... I mean, most guys find guys. But but the players normally find the girls. But anyway, that's a different story. But you congregate with someone, don't you? And they rub off on you. They say certain things. You say, oh, yeah, I got that from so-and-so. You know, you go back home, you, you say something you shouldn't have said to your parents. They say, where you get that from? Oh, it was John at school. <laughs> because you're associating, they're rubbing off on you. In the kingdom of God, no one is a nobody. But we're all somebody in the body of Christ. Yeah. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good, thing, good things planned, he planned for us long ago. I'm thankful for Kamela confirming this preach today when she started off with good works because it all tied in. I believe God sees us as a finished article. Do we know these two pictures? That is a mess. Don't matter how you look at it, it's a mess. It's a living thing, but it's still a mess. This is Jesus, the cross. And this is what he, he sees you as the masterpiece. That's uh, Michelangelo's David yeah, that's a masterpiece. That isn't, but the cross makes that. That's how God sees us all the time. The masterpiece, not this. He sees the masterpiece. But to get us there, God is continually tweaking us to become that masterpiece. But we've got to do some work with Him to do this. God does not see the mess we were but the beautiful creation we will be through Jesus. How see, he sees Jesus, this is God the Father. God the Father sees Jesus before he sees us. And the challenge for us is that the world sees Jesus through us rather than seeing us. Quote from C.S. Lewis. Don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you others can see him. Just bear with me with this. I hope it works.
bit disappointed to that video. Way before Tom Cruise became Ethan Hutt, God planned for his son to spearhead the greatest mission impossible of all time, to save humanity from itself. Jesus chose the 12 to forward his mission, to take forward his mission, and he invites all believers to play a part in this ongoing mission of love for the lost. If you decide to take this spirit-led and empowered mission, it's not going to self-destruct after 10 seconds, but will go on until Jesus comes or he takes us home. I chose that video because he saw the way it was going all over the place. That's what life is like. You don't know where it's taking you. You're just following that spark as it goes along. And it goes over itself. Some things happen and you think, oh, I don't have to learn that again. But you have to go back on yourself. That's what that video was trying to represent. So to finish, Job 8 verse 7. And though you started with little, you will end with much. From small beginnings, God can do great things. So I would encourage you, be consistent, be humble, serve God and serve others. The last scripture for today, Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Let me ask you, church, do you know where you're going in life? It's an honest question, I don't. But I know if I keep following Jesus, he's going to show me the way and all roads in life lead back to him. Amen? Amen. Heavenly and merciful Father, we thank you that we have come to you, that we follow you, Lord, in whatever we need to do. That's what you did with the 12 disciples. You revealed who you were to them, and they loved you. And Lord, we pray that any hearts here today that may need to feel you, to see you, to receive you, Lord, that they may receive you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.